What's up, folks? We are back with another impromptu review, this time for The Woman in the Window, the Joe Wright-directed, Amy Adams-starring uh, Netflix-holding film that was just released a couple days ago, currently streaming on Netflix, in case you want to check it out. Um, and we're here to give our thoughts on the film, kind of uh, start with a non-spoiler section where we will give you really broad thoughts and kind of focus on more like, is this movie worth watching? And then jump to a spoiler section where um, we kind of dig into... Uh, the stuff that goes on in this film, because there's some, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in this film. Um, let's start with the non-spoiler section. Zach Ford, you like this movie more than me, so keeping in our trend mm -hmm. from the last review. That's spoiler. You go first. My non-spoiler section. It's not spoilers. Um, go ahead. I first want to uh, express. I'm 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 in a casual mood today. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm wearing a t-shirt because um, I'm just here to vibe, to vibe with some movies. I just try to vibe and be true self, and this is my truest self. Because this movie, this movie, I feel like owns what it is. I think it's extremely campy in a purposeful way, into the you know highest artful quality that you can make something campy. Like there's a lot of effort and aesthetic choices to you know create this as an over-the-top experience and i think i everyone is so aware of the movie they're in and the job that they are supposed to do that's hard for me to hate i like am just you know gelling with these extreme over-the-top performances and with some of these directorial choices of um you know having like the sounds of blood and life being so exaggerated um it all is is just like a joy to me. I, I, I find it so engaging to watch and like fun throughout the whole thing that it, it's hard for me to judge and hate it because I, I do find that this was the choice they made. And I think it's like, do you appreciate these choices? Can you like have fun with these choices? Or are you going to be you know, frustrated by you know the lack of artfulness that you can become used to with Joe Wright movies? Um, instead of embracing what he's kind of going for, and I and I know there's a lot of takes on how this is just kind of rip off, but once again, I think um, th the movie is very aware of its ripping off. I, I compared it to you off camera yesterday. It's, uh, it's not just doing Hitchcock; it's doing Brian Bob De Palma doing Hitchcock. So it's like a third-rate rip off. Um, and to, but once again, I think just because I think they embrace it rather than trying to hide it as anything more, I'm able to kind of go with it and just have fun with the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of the opposite on almost all of that. Uh, I don't find this enjoyable. Um, I think the ripoff aspect, the copying aspect really stands out as you're watching a movie that is a less interesting, more boring version of something you've already seen that you'd rather just be watching. Um, and then I think it makes a couple big twists and times and some really giant tonal shifts that I think really uh, mess with it. I will say... I did not like this movie. I rated it relatively low. I think it's still worth watching only because this is the type of movie that we get like five of them a year where they're so weird and bizarre that it is like important to have a take on this. This is like, I think it's just interesting yeah. to have a take on because you're going to have a take on this. There are a lot of movies you'll watch and you'll come out and be like, that was bad, but you'll have no take. It was just like, that was bad. That was a little thing. This is, it, it makes a lot of choices. They don't land for me. They clearly do for Zach. But um, I think just ba on the basis of the fact that there are so many choices made, it's worth watching because yeah. you don't know if they're going to hit for you or not. That would be my take. I, I said this in my Letterboxd review, but I just I just like the hustle. 
I like the hustle everybody's putting in this. Everybody's doing their best. <laughs> and I, I think I'm able to have the fun that they seem to be having while making it. So I enjoyed in that, in that train of thought. Jump to All the right. spoilers, baby. Yep. Let's do spoilers. Everybody who doesn't who has not watched this yet, who does not want to be spoiled, who wants to go watch it on their own without knowing more details of this, um, hop off now. And we're going to jump to a spoiler section. Um, quickly, let me run down the plot of this film. So uh, Amy Adams is an agoraphobic. So agoraphobics are people who fear going outdoors, fear going around people and crowds. So like basically she is a complete shut-in in her house. Um, she is supposedly at the beginning of the film talking to her family she is separated from her family we will later be revealed in the film that her family is dead the result of a car accident which was the result of her i guess you could say negligence or accident what i don't know if you have i don't know if she was it was intentional but she she was the one at fault in the scenario um she has a tenant downstairs played by wyatt russell a family moves in across the street um uh gary oldman's dad there's a younger son played by an actor i don't recognize from other films um anthony mackie plays amy adams husband basically throughout go throughout the film amy adams is struggling to leave the house building a relationship a friendship with the son of the family moved across the street and also really struggling to uh you know leave and also like kind of snooping on everybody else she becomes really suspicious of the neighbors she sees a murder committed or does she because part of the film really plays in the fact that amy adams is not only somebody with mental health issues but with a serious uh drinking problem and also she's on a bunch of medication which you know does not make you the most um reliable narrator um so she basically accuses them of murder and thinking that the person murdered was the wife of gary oldman's character it's later revealed that that's not the wife Jennifer Jason Lee plays the wife, and um, she keeps spiraling. She has interactions with a detective played by Brian Tyree Henry. Um, we continue to spiral and spiral and spiral in to the point where you do truly think that she's kind of insane um, when she realizes she has a picture of an original conversation of her talk with Julianne Moore, who she initially believes is the wife of Garland's character and the one who is murdered. And... Uh, there's a weird turn at the end of the film where the son turns out to be a killer and attacks like her. Like a real serial killer. Like he has real. all these goals that I like, keep going. Yeah, it's a real like um, Michael Myers Leatherface turn. Like there's some some extreme messed up stuff. Um, and he attacks her, kills Wyatt Russell, and then the film ends with her sort of being released from this you know, mental prison that she's been stuck in because of her agoraphobia and able to leave the house. It's a cathartic experience. Maybe she realized that because she also had near-death whores inside the house that she did outside the house and just fuck it off. Might as well leave. Um, I do want to, real quickly, just give credit to the guy who plays the kid, Fred Hessinger. You do know him. He's like the bro-y um, older friend in eighth grade, not the one that, like, tries to harasser but the other one that has like very teenage facial hair at the okay. mall he's also i think one of the one of, like a scum bum character in news of the world he's in three movies i've seen i just don't remember him yeah i think they're really small roles for the most part yes um let's talk about okay so 
we can go back and forth. I'm going to throw out a critique I have of this film, a thing that really doesn't work for me, and then you can talk about, like, what's your take on this? Is this a problem for you, or is this nothing worth? I think the twist where you get, it's revealed that the son is the killer is just kind of bizarre and a really massive tonal shift in a way that does not work for me. Um, I find it really... What do you mean a massive total shift? This whole movie is fucking racco. Like it's, it was yeah, all it's a, it's set a, for it to be the most extreme thing it could be. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I think the movie is set up as a kind of psychological thriller, and that turns it into like a full-on like slasher horror film. I, I think the tonally, it just doesn't work in the moment, and that's one of the moments where it really does feel like th- it's important to note this movie is the product of pretty intense reshoots and re-editings. Um, it was originally a Tracy Lecht script directed by Joe Wright. Tony Gilroy came in and did, from what I understand, some very heavy rewrites and for some very heavy reshoots. And there are moments in this film where you can really tell that they they chopped this up a lot. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel completely coherent throughout. And, and the product of a very successful but controversial book from a controversial author for his like own weird behaviors, but also the book is very um you know knowingly a ripoff of five thousand different kinds of things some things that the author like nudged and then there's like yeah. a movie copycat um like a sigourney reaver movie that like is almost directly the same synopsis that he never gave credit to as something he's taken for so i mean it, it, all the you know quote unquote you can call it homages or ripoffs are very blatant from the origins of this movie like yes. they knew what they were getting into. Yes. And to be clear, this the first forty minutes of this movie is almost completely a blatant ripoff of Rear Window. But well, this is much, up. but, but can much you rip off Rear Window anymore? That's like saying you rip off Groundhog Day. You're taking the setup of watching, you know, things happen from your window. It's just like repeating the same day. It became almost a subgenre on the way. Sure, but if you're gonna That's do that. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, you need to do something interesting with it. And that first 40 minutes is mind-numbingly boring. It's just not interesting at all. I think um, the interesting thing they do with it is that it's possible that everything she's seen and has observing and witnesses is all a lie due to um, hallucinating, which turns out to be not fully true, very partially parts of the aspect she is hallucinating. But that's when it starts to have a little bit of a play with it. Not a play that's like interesting thematically, but a play with it that I think is like engaging on screen and gives it enough of like a reason to exist outside of, you know, Rio Rendo. A little bit of a twist on that play. Is that, you? she's an untrusting narrator. Yeah, she's an, un, yeah, she's an untrusting narrator. Um, which I think, I think they overplay the untrusting narrator a little bit though. I think, one of the frustrating things with it is it's too grounded to feel trippy like she potentially is completely hallucinating all this. And you then they not call this movie grounded. No, no, no. But it's like blood squirting in the middle of the no, screen. No, 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 no. But like the beginning in function, it's a grounded movie of her just watching stuff. And then it, it when they go to the whole like inconsistent narrator thing and there's this scene where she's asked about all these situations and it's revealed like her entire life is basically not true that she's hallucinated all the stuff her family's dead she didn't see this she didn't see that she didn't see this it just doesn't feel like it comes together for me it just feels like they're trying to do so much that like they're asking too much of their audience to to stay engaged in the story It, it it feels like that they needed to give us something more and 
I think I that's mean, what kept me engaged because they just kept adding like a layer to you know what you can trust, what you can believe, what have you seen that exists. Once you, it's it's like reading the like trashiest book possible and like hating yourself for how much you're like engaged and loving it. And I can see that movie like hating yourself with how much you're engaged in what's happening within this movie because it keeps twisting. They got to like turn the next page, go to the next scene to see what happened. I think it helps because I, I it, it doesn't like have to make sense because it's not the purpose they're all like plot contrivances to make like this trashy you know crime story like this is like a heightened lifetime movie in a way i mean so maybe part of it is i think amy adams is kind of terrible in this movie like i think she's pretty bad um i can see that and i think it also <laughs> I really disagree i think it also really continues the trend of, <laughs> amy adams is on like a really terrible run in film if you go like she legitimately there's a legitimate argument to make that she has not been good in a movie since 2016 when she did arrival like since then she's done justice league both versions vice hillbilly elegy and this like her career is just kind of i mean kind of shockingly that's bad to us but not bad to a lot of the hollywood sphere okay but like uh, take a step back for a second even if you like vice is Amy Adams particularly good in that movie? She, she got Oscar nominated. Some people I think she's good. She got I'm just like, saying people think she is good. She's irrelevant in that film. She's like a nothing character. I don't know. It's just it, I thought there's an interesting. She should be. She should Angela. be nominated for this. No, she, no way in hell. She's, here's the thing. The difference is she's like doing something. Get ready Angela for her to get Jolie. a Razzie nomination. Get ready for a, get ready for a Razzie nomination for this. I'm gonna be real upset about that. Um, Angelina Jolie does nothing in the movie. She makes no choices. She's not going for any effort. So to compare those performances, there is comparing no, no, apples no, no, oranges. No, no, no. Because I'm Amy, not comparing. The, I'm not comparing the performances. I think it's interesting to look at the actresses and the crossroads they are in their career oh. when they hit these two movies. That is, I think, interesting because Jolie has been sort of not acting out of like genre or animated stuff for years and then comes back to this and then adams is kind of on a pretty rough run film was the um i think not just her performances i think all the performances as well as the direction is what really all gels together that makes this work because i said I, earlier i think she knows what she's doing she plays it up so high because everything in this movie is high if you don't play it to the highest quality then it starts to seem rip off without purpose and it just seems like we've been here before we're going to lines when you act like this is the most extreme thing that's ever happened it forces us to like go with it and be engaged and also like prevents the audience from taking you too seriously in a way that's harmful but you can get rid of wow. this had like oscar buzz around it and if you go in with this think it's an oscar movie you're going to hate it because it's just not that kind of movie it's not really what it's going for so when she's out there really having a meltdown on screen to the most extreme possible way it lets you know right away that's this movie is not an oscar type of movie it's not taking itself seriously as a drama so you can change your perspective as a viewer into what kind of movie you're watching. And I, I think there is a place for camp. There is a place for what I say high level trash, because it is trash, I know it's trash, but the artfulness, the like the directive choices, the homages they make, the just the way it visually looks, the the way the sound is with being so goofy with the blood things, everything is doing the best form of trash it can be. It's almost like when people call like Michael Bay, what's the like fake subgenre? Um, 
I'm, I'm forgetting the name. It's like like it's like the action trash kind of that he's like the like something porn. Like he's the king of this because it's like that he knows what kind of movies in. He's just there to do explosions of big things. If you get excited about that, great. This is a version of that, but more in the like sexual thrillers of the eighties and nineties. And if you're into just watching this like high camp and watching actors just like have a ball and throw their full selves out there, then you can be engaged with it. Just like people can be engaged with the you know biggest, dumbest of action movies. Okay. So I'm just gonna push back on all of that. Cause I think I disagree with almost every single statement <laughs> you just made. I don't think Amy Adams knows what movie she's in. I, I think I think they legitimately made this movie if you look at this cast, this director and the screenwriter, they made this movie thinking it's an Oscar movie. They just I don't think they realized when they were making it how stupid so much of this stuff looks. I think you're engaging with it on a level that it's not created to be engaged in. And I think that's why there is so much backlash from from audiences and critics is because this movie is not sold as, you know, some kind of Hannibal movie or some kind of airport theater. I think they're legitimately this was presented as serious drama and when you watch this thinking it's going to be a drama it is like mind-numbingly boring for large parts no. of it and then confusing and bizarre for other parts of it there's so much parts of this movie they're just like why does this even exist like the the even the instigating act like the entire event that happens is like utterly too complicated and weird and like there's just better versions of this movie that exist it's just I, I don't think I, I think you're giving it a lot of credit that it doesn't deserve that it's I not. I think you're pretty given signs of what it is right away. Like I twenty minutes in, I keep referring to this like blood splotch. But if you're making Oscar, you don't have this random blood appear in this like dream sequence, like covering the screen. It is like a B movie, like a grindhouse trope of how the movie is like interacting with our reality in a way. How it's like coming to us almost like a 3d screen and there's like sound effects that like the most exaggerated of like blood squishing like anyone trying to tone it down to be a serious drama would not do that and they know they're making this because that's a gimmick because it's a, a thrill no you don't I make those choices if you're making a serious drama it's just not i think what you're, I think they what have you're... a place all the choices they make have you um movies that have done similar things you know, through the B movies and 60s, through the sexual films in the 80s. So they are copying, or not copying, but like borrowing some of these like Brian De Palma esque tropes on purpose. They wouldn't borrow from those movies if they weren't trying to make one of those movies. Uh, these like goofy, sexually. You think it's that. I think it's a movie that is a mixed matched Frankenstein's monster tacked together because they did test screenings and the test screenings said that people hated this movie. And then they ripped it apart and they let people reshoot it. And I think that's why this movie, yes, there are campy moments in it. There are moments that make it look like it's part of the, like, like it's in the same vein as like Manhunter or Silence of the Lambs, like in that like airport, based off an airport novel ones. But there are also moments that are clearly trying to be like legitimate drama. And that's the problem with this Wait, film. So it's, it's Silence of the Lambs is the serious drama. That's not the movie to compare it to. I, I I meant the books that they're based on. Silence of the Lambs is like Silence of the Lambs is an example yeah, of taking. This. Well, Silence of the Lambs is taking airport cinema and elevating it. Yes. Um. This is. This is of, hiding it, not elevating it. Just, they dropped the vault, basically. Um, it. I, I just think this movie is a is a, is a patchwork of a bunch of different things. I I think. I don't think it's trying to be campy. I think it is trying to be a serious drama. I think that this movie thinks that. 
agoraphobic rear window is actually a really engaging idea. I think it thinks that Amy Adams is giving a really good performance. I don't think she is. I, I think it thinks that the first 40 minutes of setup is really important. I was bored out of my mind. I think it thinks the twists really work. Um, the psychological ones do. The final killer one, I don't think. I think it completely changes genres in a way that is um, not melded well and feels rather, rather abrupt. I think the end result of this film is stupid. I think the idea that she's agoraphobic because of an accident and then she gets attacked by a killer and suddenly is not agoraphobic is one of the dumbest things I've seen in a movie in a really long time and just doesn't work. It, I don't think it, it doesn't show growth of the character. To me, this the movie is supposed the movie. I think the movie wants to be showing that this character grows over time and then deals with her condition and is able to reemerge into the world in a way that no longer scares her. I think what it actually shows is the character doesn't change at all and just like terrible things happen to her. And then, the, then we're supposed to just act like that means that the character has changed. I don't get works. I think, I mean, I give them credit because they're truly trying a lot of stuff. I think almost none of it lands though. Like I don't really like the performances. I think some of the direction is a little interesting. I think Joe Dwight tries some cool stuff. Like he has a lot of, he's a weird fascination with like drop dripping water and falling blood and stuff in a way that's like, I think the movie undeniably looks great. Just like he knows how to frame a picture. It looks he good. Knows how to it looks good. Colors and, and light stuff and, and yeah, and engaging. It is, it is technically well done. Although I think the I think the editing. I think you can tell that this movie was chopped together. I think there's just stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. Some of the scenes in the movie are also kind of confusing. Like you're like, why are people in certain scenarios? There's definitely characters that you that are in an entire movie to have one moment in a way that is a little bit mind boggling. Like the, the existence of the Wyatt Russell character who is essentially irrelevant for 99.9% screen time is for literally one. Oh, I slept with a random person who was weird. Like that. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that I feel like does not need to be in it. There's like murder mystery aspects to it. And think of like the big kind of murder mystery cast that this has. So because you have all these recognizable faces, all these people that are playing a part, it adds to the like the whodunit of it all. As okay, you having but... more mystery with it because you do get led like right it's right Russell's part of this these moments where I'm like, he might be fucking you know, you know he, Wait, he knows really? he was with Julianne Moore. Yes, they definitely need to be suspicious. No, I never give them the time back that. That's why Julianne Moore was obviously in a room, even though Amy Adams didn't seem sure of that, but there's a moment that you heard her voice down there when he's talking. There's a woman in the room, so that's like your key off that something's up immediately. They they play him as a red a red hair. See, I disagree. That's I don't think you I don't think as a watcher I ever thought that Wyatt Russell was the killer. I think the entire movie you think it's Gary Oldman and then the twist is it's his son. I think it's the I only think you pretty people... much know it's the kid right away, despite oh, the I don't... way that kid acts. I'm around too many teenagers that if I see a kid like that, I don't think that's I'm like, all. the FBI better need be tracking that kid. I think five minutes or one minute into that house. Yes, that's why that, that, that was onto something. He was way too nervous about everything. I was like pretty yeah. confident he was going to be it, but I still, because I was engrossed in the movie, even though I, you could say in my eyes, they kind of gave away who it was in the game, but because I was so engaged, I fell for all the red herring business they do. I fell for like a Dwight Russell part of this is a dad, even though my original instinct was still the teenager, because I think I did get so caught up in, in, in like the fun and the high drama of it all, just how like 
teenagers get obsessed in the dumbest drama of what they talk about at school. It, sometimes high drama is, is fun to be engaged with and, and act in other people's you know horrible trauma and horrible lives. Um, I want to connect because most of what you're saying, I don't like disagree. I think it's a possible disagree. It's just like what lens were you watching this movie, and were you able to like have fun with it, or did were you just expecting, you know, a more? Well, I think I think one story. I think one I think one thing is becoming really really clear is that you were kind of just in with this movie from the beginning. From so the you, a lot of the yeah. a lot of the stuff you just kind of went with that I am at the same time being like, that's stupid. That doesn't make sense. That's confusing. This is boring. Like I was, I, I clearly was just not as engaged in this movie as you were. I don't, I don't actually, this is fascinating. I would, I actually want to ask you a direct question, which is why were you so engaged from the beginning? Because I don't think the beginning is particularly yeah. interesting. So I'm actually interested to see why within like 10 minutes of the movie starting, we were so far apart in terms of our engagement and kind of interest in the film. One thing I can't fully explain, which is I just like feel that there has to be something about Joe Wright's style that immediately engages me because I like have became more or less his like biggest defender. I am a fan of Pan. I do like Pan more than this movie. But the same thing with Pan, just the visual style right away. I was like so struck. Like this is the world I'm in. It's a different view. And I think so just the visual style from the start. I'm like, oh, this is the world I am. I think the visual style is a little campy. So I feel like I set up right away when the, you know the kid comes in and that key is just like to me pure cuckoo and so off everybody you see just has the right bit of an office to be engaged so that character right away had me like ready for the mystery it had me like some shit's gonna go down um between it um and just like her on something trying to figure out what what's her fucking deal because she's so nervous and so cracked up and they don't reveal all the information right away about her backstory in a way of you know i'm i'm engaged with what's happening with her because I, I think Maybe like not. I didn't really read any reviews, but just knowing that kind of buzz going in, it helped set up my mind a little bit with like maybe this is just a campy thrill, and so I was maybe getting the benefit of doubt from the start, which helps. I do think um, you were. I think you are a person who more than me is engaged purely by visual style alone. Hmm. Like I think there yeah. are movies that you and me will different. Like a lot of the movies where you and me are really rapidly different on, a lot of it's just like you really like the visual style and engaged with just the pure visuals, regardless of like the the mechanics of the story or the characterization or the actual plot. Just like the pure visual style, a lot of times will, um, you know, we saw this with you know, especially Wendy. I think sometimes when it's doing crazy shit. <laughs> Sometimes when I feel like something's going for things, it, it creates a a lens for me to view it in a way that's engaging, even if like the story's not doing well. But I can appreciate the like extremity of the craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I also think I don't know. Agoraphobia feels like a weird choice for this film. I don't because I don't think I don't know. Agoraphobia is interesting to me because as a as a condition, I think it's less interesting or nuanced and also it's not always a, a condition of trauma so in some respects yeah. i think i think i don't using think it, we're trying to take the psychology of it seriously no no no, no. that's <laughs> not even my point that's not my point i think that i think that using agoraphobia which is quite often not a condition that's related to trauma it's really it's often just like a condition that people have i think it's a less interesting choice than another one because when you say somebody's agoraphobic, my first instinct is not trying to figure out why somebody's agoraphobic. I sort of just accept they're agoraphobic, which I think removes a lot of the mystery of the Amy Adams character versus if she had PTSD or something where there's typically an incident 
act that causes that mental condition, that anxiety, that, you know, that mental health problem to occur. I just think in some ways it, it really takes the edge off um, what you could be focused on. Yeah. I want to quickly talk about uh, a couple of the other performances. Me also, this is also me trying to say, I know they know what movie they're making. Cause I think you can give this casting credit for like, they do think they're going for Oscars, but I think that's a misread yes. of these actors in general. Cause these are like the two biggest over players that people enjoy watching over act. You can, which is Gary Oldman and Julianne Moore. They're both such over the top actors, and that's why they've made such a career for themselves, especially Gary Oldman. Julianne Moore, to me, this is the perfect casting for because I'm not a fan of Julianne Moore because I feel like she always, no matter what her role, role is, I think there's something up with her. I think there's a screw loose and like a mental breakdown that's about to happen any second she's on screen, even though that's not supposed to be the character she's playing. I just think she's just so slightly to off kilter that I think she's gonna like start tearing up and crying and screaming any second. And this character, that's part of it. And it's part of like her trying to act to mislead us and lead mislead Amy Adams to her being, you know, the mother, the real, but it turns out she was acting weird because she's supposed to be cuckoo. She's an insane, you know, family stalker in a way. And Former you know, another untrust, yeah, more former methag, untrustworthy narrator that's put off my whole thing of Julianne Moore. It's like, why are they trying to sell me she's a normal person when she's gonna start bawling? And that's this character, so it was great. And Gary Oldman gets to shout, and that's what Gary Oldman does. Yeah, no, it's actually like Oldman in this, I think he fits his role well. Um, he it's important old. to remember he's looking real grandpa these days. Yeah, this movie was shot in 2018. Did you know that? Um, I think they, I they finished predictable yeah. photography in 2018, which sort of makes sense if you realize when you think about like people like Wyatt Russell and Brian Terry Henry who are bigger now than they used to be. Because there is, I think there is a legitimate question when you watch this movie, like why are the, all these people choosing to be in this movie? Like why would why would why is Anthony Mackie, Brian Terry Henry, and Wyatt Russell in these like thankless nothing roles That's in the film? Prime Brian Terry Henry moment. He has a good role. He's good in the movie. Is the right like I, 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 no no I like Brian Terry. This is definitely much better than freaking Godzilla versus Kong. This yeah. is much Brian Terry <laughs> yes. But I mean, he's also like that's a that's a forgettable role. He's the detective that's like who's not a dick is basically his role. I mean, that's not a that's not a particularly nuanced or particularly like complicated or important um, I role think... that. You, you need in it way. works because of him though like it's not uncomplicated but he has some weird like layer of empathy especially at the end of the final scene to make his like raw moments worth it i think that's that's a good um, sign of an actor doing more with what the role offers i think he does do more with it which he yeah. doesn't in godzilla <laughs> yeah mm. um it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a very, it is a weird cast. It is very loaded. And it's a huge cast. That's why I said it's like a murder mystery. They cast huge names, just like they would for Knives Out. And But here's the problem. Not huge names, but problem. like names you know and recognize. Here's the problem. There are seven named people in this movie, like Knives Out, except in Knives Out, everyone gets something to do. And this movie, movie almost nobody gets anything to do. I think like, the only one that has nothing to do is Jennifer Jason Lane. She's just there to be. I don't think uh, Wyatt Russell gets much to do. I don't really think Brian Terry Henry gets much to do. Oldman gets like two small scenes. It's almost all Adams. Mackie basically has nothing to do in this film. Um, 
This is certainly Mac, not. Yeah, Mackie was, was the weird one. That could have been anybody in his role, except his voice was like oddly comforting. It's a good voice. Um, it's a good voice. But it is. I, I think that's the difference between this and like the the classic murder mysteries. Is this does not take advantage of its cast at all. Like they could use this cast so much more, and they don't. There's a lot of just like Amy Adams walking around the house, getting scared, looking down and, hallways, which is. I think the big cast is part of what makes Boy. me have fun with it. I'm just like, I know these faces. If they're a face I didn't recognize, I'd but probably be less why like, attached it, and engaged. Even Jennifer Jason Lee, I'm like, no, I'm the real mom. It's Jennifer Jason Lee. Look at her what? like weird faces she has now. But why is it fun to watch seven people like have nothing to do in a movie? I don't like. I, it's because, nice to have like it's nice presence to add something. If they if they didn't have a like their name or their presence, that character literally would be nothing. If it was a name, I wouldn't see. But because oh, I can, like, get nothing. excited by them being there, it adds to it. Yeah, yeah but the Jennifer Jason Lee's character is nothing. If you could put Meryl Streep in that role, it'd still be nothing. She get she gets some great looks though. Jennifer Jason Lee's gets some steely eyes. That's going to be a trivia question that in a year you won't remember the answer to because that's a completely forgettable. Well, role. that's because I can't remember any trivia question answer anymore at all. <laughs> I, can't, I don't think I can probably tell you the name of this movie if you're asking me right Let's now. Let's do it. Zach Ford, what is the <laughs> no, name? Actually, here's the one I can't do. I can't do the Angela Lee movie. It's like, um, <laughs> shit. This is Woman in the Window. Um, um, uh, it's actually the, the Woman. Those. The, those who um, want us dead. No, the, the shit. That's my fucking notes. One. <laughs> wish those who dead. wish us dead. Wish me wish dead. We dead? Yeah. Wish we dead? W-E dead? That's I'm not pretty sure. No, those who wish we dead is not English. Me. Me. Oh, me dead. Not those who wish us dead. No, me dead. Those That's a shitty title. And I get credit for that. It's a vague-ass porn title. I like how you just now decided that because you can't remember it, you're going to criticize it. <laughs> Hey, you know what this is called? The woman in the window. <laughs> true, true. I will say before we like sign out, just to give one thing, because I I, I I like sound like I, I told you I was cooking when I was watching this, which might have added to it. But I, will say, I still I will feel say, like if you talk about now, movie, like, you'll like it less. I'm just telling you. But like right now, I like getting the urge to watch it again. And I would not do that. You're lucky less. And of all the movies that came out that I watched, um, all the big ones, like the HBO ones and the Netflix ones, this is the one I wish most I would have saw on the big screen. Wait, really? Yeah. That's... I think it would have been tons of fun alone on a fucking Thursday afternoon. <laughs> the big popcorn. So I like watch my movies. I want to see the sad life of this where you're getting a giant cup of popcorn <laughs> in the woman in the window. On a like Thursday a couple, afternoon, no one else would be in. You and a couple 75-year-olds would be in there watching this movie. You know, I'm having a great old time. Because I think, once again, because of the, I think it, the, the, it's like an extreme movie. It's super cinematic in its way. I mean, that's one take it, on it. Another take yeah. on it is it's very boring and inconsistent. It's not, you cannot call this movie boring. I don't think okay, you're watching this movie. My apologies. The first 40 <laughs> minutes, it's very boring for the first 40 minutes. I disagree. I think a lot of the setup is very, it's very, very, very boring. It's very much, it's agoraphobic um, rearwood. Which is, I think it's going to get revisited 10 years and people are going to go up my side. There's going to be like a, a cult following. It's going to be a couple people are going to root for this movie. Yeah, I think it's going to have its fans. I think this is going to be another one where you're just sitting on an island by yourself. Waiting this for the is my pan. 
This is your fan. This is your Wendy. This is like one of all the, the all these. I'm just saying, if you go to Letterboxd Wendy, right now, not enough people have seen for that to be in there. That's just got underwatched. If you okay, I'm gonna go right now. We're I'm going to Letterboxd right now. I'm looking at recent reviews. Everyone just rated on the review. One and a half, two and a half, two and a half, two, two and a half, one. Three and a half, two. Somebody gave five stars. <laughs> Good movie. Y'all complain too much. Zach made it to go <laughs> present this person. Two and a half. A random four star one. Somebody who literally doesn't give us an answer. Yeah. These three, all sound two, like a bunch three, of sheep three, that looked two, at the letterbox thing half, and like, I got to fit in. Yeah. Two and a half, two, 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 one, two and a half. Yeah, sure. Sure. We're all sheep. <laughs> Zach, I like how Zach when Zach is like some movie that people don't like, he becomes a full-on member of like the, the MAGA cult, <laughs> <laughs> calling people fake news and sheep. Okay, wait. Speaking of, let's bring back our bet. We're not going to do who's throwing the capital, but we keep forgetting who We're, is the best egg. Brian Tyree Henry, not close. There's a cat. It's a cat. All cats are best eggs. That's one of the cat's super ugly. It also is real chill. Uh, cat. Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry is calm and collected, and he has four kids and doesn't sleep. That man basically has the patience of a saint. He's basically the he's basically you know who, Jesus in human form. You, you know who's actually the worst hang? is his detective partner. She's yeah, she's like an, an asshole. Yeah. My God, asshole. how is that person not fired? How is that person not fired for being like insensitive to mental health patients or something? Jesus, she's terrible. Um. Yeah, so that was The Woman in the Window, a movie that me and Zach both disagree we disagree on. Although Ari, I think I think if you add our ratings together, this is the highest rated movie you and me have both have done. Because it's a combined five and a half out of ten. And I think that's legitimately of all the reviews we've done as the, the highest. That's what I liked. <laughs> I liked those who wish uh those You're talking who about new reviews specifically. Yeah, yeah, specifically just the new reviews we've done. Um they had a rough go. We've had a really and with some of them we knew, like the Snyder Cut, or you know, we weren't super hyped on that. But, but then, like Godzilla Kong, could have been a lot more fun than it was. Without remorse was very disappointing. Those who wish me dead was yeah. very disappointing. This was very disappointing for me, um, and probably even a yeah. little bit for Zach because I think he probably would have hoped for a better version of a Joe Wright film. Um, yeah, yeah. You get, yeah. yeah, I mean, I get what you mean. Yeah, like I would have like loved for this to be like a Joe Wright masterpiece, which is not that. Right, right. No, I know yeah. you like but, it, but you had you had fun with it, acknowledging it's not perfect. I think you would have preferred of like an actually like legitimately great movie. Um, um, so we're gonna have to keep going. Uh, we're, we're still looking for the elusive movie that both Lucas and Zach like. Um, well, I need you to watch Mortal Kombat, and then we'll see Mortal if that would we'll see if that would have been the highest because I did like Mortal Kombat. I like this it, more than Mortal Kombat though. <laughs> We would know. It would not have been. I do think there's le legitimate possibility in the future that one of these movies coming up we will both like a lot. Um, late May into yeah. June. But we will be back then someday to talk about those. Um, yeah. Thank you for watching our review of The Woman in the Window, currently streaming on Netflix. We are not paid by them, but if that's where you'd like to watch it, the best place to do it um if you have a thought that is the same as ours that is different to ours drop it down in the comments so we can debate it uh give us a like subscribe uh, wherever you're listening either that youtube or any of the platforms and you know get ready for more regularly scheduled content we will have more reviews coming up we will have more regular shows coming up we got more stanwick and um yeah we're gonna have a good time thank you folks good night see you later peace Bye.